Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And it's the final weeks of player profiles for the year, Justin. And we are kicking it off with Matt Breida, running back who's 5'10", 195 years old, 28 years old. Backup running back for the New York Giants. Was, fun fact, the only player to score in that Eagles playoff game. Last year, he got very little volume, but I thought he did fairly well for what his role was. He had 54 carries, 220 yards, a touchdown, and then 20 catches for 118 yards. He's a speed back, Justin, and I think he's a good change of pace and a useful tool on the offense. You said 195 years old. Not sure how many times you've done that this year. Credit to you. This is the first time I've ever heard it. Yeah, I probably said the poundage for years in a long. He's 195 pounds and 28 years old. He's 195 He's 195 years old and 28 pounds. Uh, hi, Bobby Skinner. This is the final week. Just like my grandpa. Peace. We made it. Whoa. Because he was really skinny. Oh, because right. he was really skinny. Not not to disintegrate anything around. Um, Bobby Skinner, we made it. Final week of PPPs. Uh, everybody's favorite player, Matt Breida. And a guy that people like, too. Dexter Lawrence is going to be coming up. Uh, Matt Breida, a backup running back who I... Thought at one point he was going to be the answer in San Fran. I'm like, I'm inve- it's it's uh, the year is 2018. I'm investing in Matt Breida as a fantasy football running back because he's got the speed and Kyle Shanahan's scheme. And I end every single year of Matt Breida's career saying, damn, he should have got more carries. And I'm not even saying that last year about, about Matt Breida. But if he were on another team and he put up these numbers and pro, pro, pro football reference came out with the new metric today called rushing success rate. They also have it for receivers. So I want to talk about this at the top because this is kind of what you look at for a running back and a backup running back. And Matt Breida was a good backup running back last year. So rushing success rate, what is it? A successful rush gains at least 40% of yards required on first down, 60% of yards required on second down, and 100% on third or fourth down. The denominator is rushing attempts. Bobby Skinner, Matt Breida's success Success percentage, his rushing success rate last year was 50%, which I think is pretty good. Especially for, like, uh, that's what you ask for out of your backups, to, like, not put you behind schedule and be used in, in different roles, which, again, with Breida's speed, they did use him in a bunch of different ways. But just as a back, I mean, he was a signing I love when they were scraping the barrel for minimum contracts last offseason. And uh, this, that was probably the one I got the most excited about because Breida's put up some good film in the NFL and that speed you know, speed is is uh, is a killer, especially on last year's team that didn't have very much speed. And he's someone who's been productive like his whole career, right? Like now last year was his lowest in yards per carry in his career at 4.1, where every other year, even on like Miami, like that 2020 Miami offense that was like the worst rushing team in the NFL, in the NFL he was their only productive back, I think at 4.3 yards per carry. So he's always been really efficient with getting the ball in his hands. Um, this will be the first time he's on a team for two years in a row since San Francisco after spending a year in Miami oh. and Buffalo. That being said, I, I hope Saquon's not used as much this year, but that's not as like in favor for the RB2. It's just I think like less is going to be more with Saquon this year. Yeah. With Breida, though, it'd be interesting to see what they do because they have all these weapons where he was used in a lot of different – they did a lot of two-back sets, even some three-back sets here and there with Gary Brightwell. They used him in the Wildcat, and the Giants actually successfully used the Wildcat, which is kind of crazy. It's kind of a, like the Wildcat I was kind of under the notion like it doesn't work anymore. Throw it away. The Giants did it successfully for the most part. And then also like the play you probably remember Matt Breida for the most is something they did a lot with him, which was those third and shorts or second or fourth and shorts 
where they would put him in motion and they would hand it off to him or they would hand it off to Saquon and he'd take those jet sweeps. I mean, he had six of those last year and four of them went for first downs. Yeah, and because he got so many of those on third and shorts, I'm wondering if his yards per attempt is greater if you take those plays out where it's like, hey, this is a third and one, third and two. The main objective of this play is for you to just get a first down and fall forward, um, which Matt Brady did, and he did that successfully. So I wonder if the yards per attempt is higher, but like I did say, the rushing success rate, as long as you're getting 100% of the yards that you need on third or fourth down, it counts as a successful run. And Matt Breida was like a a pretty efficient back for us last year. Bobby, he didn't have a twenty plus yard carry last year. No, and why 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 you like Matt Breida on your team is because he's got speed and he's I I still think like he is one of the fastest running backs in the NFL. There was one year I think it was twenty nineteen where he had like the fastest play in the NFL. I think getting over twenty miles per hour on a run. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's had, like, his long last year was 18 yards. The years before, 28, 24, 83, 66, 33. I mean, when the NFL would always put out that, like, top 20 ball carrier speeds, Matt Breed would be on there, like, three times in there. I need um, him to break one with the Giants this year. I, I need just one because of how much I hyped this dude up and for how much I, I followed him since you know during his San Fran days and then even since then waiting for him to get opportunities in Miami and Buffalo backfields that seemed like they needed running back help. I need to see Matt Burita in Giants blue break off one just to see how fast he is and if he can beat everybody to the end zone. Yeah, and he's definitely so capable. I mean, he's just speed back who has that long speed to take well-blocked runs long, which the Giants didn't have a ton of well-blocked runs, which will go into the Saquon player profile tomorrow. And like you said, they did put him on the field in a lot of, of unique ways. He didn't get much volume. You know, like, again, it was as low as yards per carry. There was also one other thing I wanted to put on before we go into Dex. It was just basically, it was like the least amount that he was used in his NFL career on a per game basis. Yeah. Uh, Volume wise, he was used a little less in Buffalo, but that's because he missed eight games. And you got Saquon Barkley. That's, that's going to happen. Right. Right. When it's like, we're not criticizing. That's, that's like you said, that's what happens when you have Saquon Barkley in your team. Why don't you talk? Well, no, hold on. But there was also a portion of the year, Bobby, and this is later in the year when, you know, the Giants were kind of figure, you know, continuing to figure themselves out offensively. I I couldn't believe, like, looking back on it now, I was clamoring for this. I was slamming my fist on the table during our Vikings playoff preview pod. I said I wanted Matt Breida and Saquon Barkley out on the field together at the same time. You know, therefore taking maybe a tight end off the field, taking a wide receiver off the field. I wanted to see Breida and Saquon on the field at, at the same time because it just seemed like good things happened and it was actually the Vikings playoff game where they used pre-snap motion at the highest rate all year I believe it was like 30 percent that was the highest that they used pre-snap motion um, all season during that Viking playoff game and I think a big reason was because you had Matt Burita going in motion at the snap and whether the ball's being faked to him he's getting the ball you know whatever I think it just it added for last year's offense it added an extra element of something they had to keep your eye on. This year, it's going to look a little different because, like you said, they have more skill position players. But uh, I think Matt Breed is an effective backup running back. Um, and I'm glad, you know, we're, cut down day is coming up. It's today when you're when you're listening to this. I think Matt Breed is safe on this team this year, and I think he's going to be here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Why don't you talk to us about Manscaped before we get into Sexy Dexy? Today's PPP is brought to you by Manscaped. Public service announcement. PSA, as some say, if you didn't already know, Manscaped, they now sell beard products, leaders in below the waist grooming. They changed the game with their beard hedger pro kit 
And now they're going a step further with their brand new Handyman, an electric face shaver for a quick and convenient way to achieve a clean shaven look, whether you're looking to sharpen up your neckline, which, boy, do I need that, or give your face that smooth finish. The Handyman has you covered. If you're like me, you know clean shaving is a hassle. The Handyman is the perfect compact tool. I it, I could take it with me on the go to achieve that clean shaven look without all of the effort. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use promo code Giants, hit the refresh button with Manscaped. Bobby's going to be glad you did. You will be glad you did. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. Let's talk about Dexter Lawrence. You'll be glad to talk about Dexter Lawrence, who's six four, 342 pounds, 24-year-old, not even a defensive tackle anymore. He's a nose tackle. Signed a four-year, $90 million contract with $60 million guaranteed, was an all-pro in his fourth season, and established himself as a premier player in the NFL after three years of, of being established as a very good player. If you don't have an elite or very good center, Justin, this guy's a total game wrecker. Like, he will win down after down, and that is the sign of a player who will continue to be dominant. Not a guy who had one good season, but a guy who will continue to be dominant on a down-in, down-out basis for the rest of his career. Dex was so fun to let watch last year. I mean, arguably, maybe besides Saquon, the beginning part of the season, just because running backs are fun and big plays are fun. And I would say Dexter Lawrence was the most fun player to watch on the Giants from a week-in, week-out basis every single game last year. You know, even go back to that playoff game. He had four QBs in a single game. Um, it was the second most that he had in th- that season in a single game. Tackle for loss on the playoff stage. So he showed up in the playoffs. Um, Dexter Lawrence, 2022 stats, but some positional rankings too. He had seven and a half sacks. That was tied for seventh. QB hits when you include sacks. He was third in the NFL uh, among interior defense alignment. Uh, 36 pressures. That was second. Dexter Lawrence, if you take out the sacks and you only include times at which guys hit the quarterback. Because Pro Football Reference does count sacks as QB hits. Dexter Lawrence did lead all interior defense alignment in the NFL last year with 26 hits. Chris Jones was second with 27. Dex was also third in pass rush win rate, just behind Aaron Donald and Chris Jones. Uh, like you said, Dexter Lawrence, not just a good player on the Giants. Dexter Lawrence, one of the more dominant players in the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, according to the PFF, he was first in QB hits by amount of seven, you know? And the difference between that is the difference between second and twentieth place over Chris Jones, where Chris Jones, like he was, and he was, like you mentioned, second in the NFL for defensive tackles and just sacks, hits, and pressures combined. You know, just total pass rush productivity. Yeah, and like you mentioned, seventh in sacks, seventh in pressures, first in QB hits, and moving to nose tackle and Andre Patterson working with him. We'll talk about like the technicality. Really did a number for him like his nose tackle snap percentage by year justin his rookie year was 27 percent year two 11 percent year three five percent this past season 65 percent and he kind of did things that no nose tackle has ever done as a pass rusher before like no nose tackle has ever been as as productive as a pass rusher as him and Dre Patterson, the D-line coach, talked about it. It just allows less space for offensive linemen to set to him, get their hands on him. And you do get some lesser players at the center position as well, too. And he just down in, down out, was able to work his hands, get hands underneath guys, 
move, you know, break hands off of him and just keep his feet moving at it. And it was better at disengaging towards the end to where, again, he made, he went, he was, and get, he was already a good player. And if and I would challenge, if you have some free time, listen to his player profile episode last year where we talked about Dex and we're like, this guy's a good player. Absolutely. He's been a good player every year, but I want to challenge Dex to be a stat stuffer, great player. Cause there's no reason why he's not. Like he has all the ability to the world. And I remember coming after the first two games of the season, Justin, where the stats weren't quite there, but we were like, dude, the film's amazing. So it's like, I, I, like this guy is amazing. And then the stats, when you do that on a week in week out basis, the stats are going to follow you, which they obviously did with Dex. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, even through nine games, Bobby, you, you compared Dexter Lawrence to, you know, for, throughout his entire career so far. Dexter Lawrence, even through nine games, November 14th, 2022, I put out this tweet. He had five sacks through nine games. That was a career high. Previous was four in 2020. 16 QB hits. Career high was previously 11 in 2021. He already had 16 pressures at that point. He probably hit that the next week because his career high was 17 from 2021. He had four tackles for loss. Career high was six in 2020. And then he had 33 tackles uh, on pace for 62, which would be a career high. And he did have a career high in tackles, right? Very much so. Yeah, I mean, he was fifth for defensive tackles and total tackles last year. He had 68 in his career best before that was was 54. So all all this career year stuff that we're talking about for Dexter Lawrence, he didn't just get it during the final hours of final weeks of week 15, 16, 17, 18. He he did it literally like in November through nine games. Oh, he, 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 I mean, he like... Like his QB hit total last year is more than he had before the season combined. Like he had 21 QB hits in his first three seasons. He had 22 this past year, according to PFF. Yeah. You know, pressures, he actually had a, only increased by one last year, but the years before, 21 and 19 to 32 this past season. And then, like you mentioned, three sacks, four sacks, three sacks to nine, seven and a half, but nine total times he sacked the quarterback. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, Justin, we watched him. He just took over games. Like the Minnesota That's Vikings game, go watch. He just down in, down out. First Indianapolis Colts, down in, down out. Where he is, like, and it's if you get more talent around him, I think that's going to thrive even more. Where last year it was like the third defensive lineman was a wash, and the linebacker play was so bad that even as good as Dex was, like we didn't even get to fully appreciate how good it was because some of the other surrounding pieces were so bad, and especially when with Leonard Williams off the field. Yeah. Yeah, Leonard Williams staying on the field, I think, is going to even further unlock him more. Um, and he talked about talent around him too. This is quite a this is quite an interesting stat. I was stu- I was stumbling on a stat head Pro Football Reference a little bit a, a couple weeks ago. Thirteen different players had games with five or more QB hits in 2022. Three Giants players had one game of five QB hits: Leonard Williams versus Seattle, Dexter Lawrence versus Houston, Kayvon Thibodeau versus Dallas. Only the Jets and Raiders had two players get five or more QB hits in a game. Giants were the only team to have three. So, you know, you just said that the talent around Dex will maybe only further unlock Dexter Lawrence when at least the kind of pass rush support in certain games uh, that that he gets is, is pretty good. And, you know, obviously, as Giants fans, we know that everybody else could take even more of a step up around him. It'll be interesting to see how teams play him this year after a full year of film on him, like, because, like you mentioned, you have Leonard Williams who's capable of that. Kayvon, Aziz, hopefully is healthy. Where it's when the Giants are rushing four, it's tough to block them. 
if those guys yeah. are healthy. You know, I remember on the Aziz player profile where we talked about, like, when, no, when those four guys were on the – when Aziz was on the field with these guys, which most of wasn't, they had the second highest sack rate uh, per game in the NFL. Without him, it was like the 25th best. And obviously that overlapped with some Kayvon missed games and Leonard Williams missed games too. But having those four on the field, which we very rarely did, could be a, a deadly piece for them. Uh, I, I want to talk about the run game. I mean, his run defense is his ability to do two gap guy like you know players, which is you know get up, hold, and read and and play the run, is elite, and it's always been elite too. That's something that it improved this past year, but it didn't improve a, a great amount. Like it was always elite. You know, he was fifth for defensive tackles and total tackles, eighth for stops. He is a monster in the run game where he's just like, you can't, you can't run at him. And especially if you're doing, if you're, if you're a zone team, I mean, you just, he's unblockable basically besides one guy, which we'll talk about. When Dexter Lawrence was off the field, 108 rush attempts, 741 yards, that's 6.86 yards per carry. When he was off the field. That's insane. That's like, that's well higher than what the Giants had, like one of the worst three rushing defense in the NFL. That's well higher than that in total. Do you have it what it was with him on the field? I'm actually looking for that right now. I mean, it had to be it was, less it was, than five. It was less. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I think their total for the year was like 5.3. So if it was 6.8 in those runs off, obviously it was much less on, on the ones he was on. Now, here's there's still another step to go for Dexter Lawrence, though, Justin. Within the division, Jason Kelsey, he out, he's outperformed him in their matchups. Yep. Like, flat out. They played two games last year, and I remember going into the Eagles playoff game for the preview pod, and it was like, if there was one guy who got Dex this year, it was Jason Kelsey. And he did it again in the playoffs. It's just when those guys who understand that leverage and are elite with getting hands on him, he like Jason Kelsey won that battle, and for big money Dex, I'm not saying he's got to go out there and do what he did to Garrett Bradbury to Jason Kelsey, but you do got to get wins. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that's he ate versus Washington. I mean, his two Washington games were uh one of his were two of I would say the the four games he was dominant the most, not including the playoffs, was the Vikings game, the Texans game and then the two Washington games. He he absolutely dominated. But I agree with you in division and especially if that's like all Giants fans all all understand that like the number one priority this year is winning more in your division and taking care of your individual opponents because it will make the rest of the season so much easier. And Dexter Lawrence is a huge part of that because if we're going to look at him as one of the three best players on the team, He's got to help kind of change that narrative about Giants, you know, Giants playing in the division for sure. Yeah, and he's a huge part of that. He's locked up for a long time, and I'm I'm very happy to have him here. He's an he's an elite player. He is a premier player in the NFL. He became an All Pro, and he's I mean he's done things like we said that the nose tackle position just has not seen as a pass rusher. Um, and I'm excited for him to grow and get better within that. And I hope everyone around him stays as healthy as possible to really let it thrive and let him make players better. So, uh, very cool to see Dexter Lawrence be here for the long run where, you know, there was some question marks of what would happen with him long-term because he was a good player. How much money would he get? Especially before last year, there was huge questions. Well, yeah. And, you know, we, I remember talking about his fifth year option. Then when you saw the defensive line contracts and they're insane, it's like, well, Dex might be, be paid more than 
he's worth. But after last year, it's like, oh no, there's nothing, there's no amount of money you can pay him that he's not worth. Um, and the Giants showed him that by giving him the second highest average annual value per year for defensive tackles in the NFL, only to his draft mate, Jeff Simmons, who's been more, he's been consistently better than Dex outside of last season. So, uh, anything else on Dexter Lawrence, Justin? Um, if you want to keep stalling, I'm currently trying to calculate. Um, no, it's going to take me too long. He had a sack on Quentin Nelson. He had a sack on Quentin Nelson. Uh, the pressure that was in Kirk Cousins' face that made him drop it off to the tight end in the playoff game, that's because Dexter Lawrence got pressure in Kirk Cousins' face. He had to throw it away. He had to throw He's it winning us games. He's winning us games, and he really has. So we appreciate you guys. We'll see you tomorrow with Saquon and Nacho. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.